Jeffrey Dahmer, Hannibal Lecter, Charles Manson. What makes these people tick? Are they victims of our society and moral decay? Did TV and movies influence their behavior? Or were they simply born that way? Throughout history, many fiendish characters existed. Wicked history tells their stories with fact-based details. Here are your hosts, sisters Chris Atkins and Lane Deesh. I'm here for it. Awesome. Me too. (laughs) I'm so so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, don't don't get sad voices. (laughs) All right. I don't know if I have the correct connector for my headset. So I'm hoping that I do have the right one and that the sound won't be awful. Um, yeah, so last week I said horror films. Horror, horror films. And that was apparently funny to some people who listened to it. It's always funny. Horror. It's, I over-enunciate certain words because... I, I slur my... I'm not... I, I just... I worry that people won't understand what I'm saying. Can I just say something? Yes. There's no excuse for how horror is pronounced because it is... It's a hard all, word. It's a hard word. Exactly. No apologies needed. Horror. 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 Horror film. We're talking about horror over here. So this week, I have a, a fun little story. Just oh, to good. start. Okay. So I go to this gas station every morning after I drop Cameron off at school. And I know the owner really well now. You know, he knows everything that I'm there for. We're, you know, we know each other well. He, he's got my order ready for me. Anyways, so I go this past week and... His door is locked. I can, <gasps> I can see his car is there, but the the store door is clo- is locked and the open sign is on. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. I'm going to leave now. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I, I get back. And, you know, I stood there for a minute. I'm like, maybe he's in the bathroom. So after a minute or two, I'm like, you know, I'll just go to another place. So I get in my car and I go to another place. But I'm constantly thinking about this. So I have to, I go and I drop Charlie off at mom's house and then I go back to that gas station because I needed to know that he was okay. Not, I don't know what I would do about it had he been hostage or something. You I call, don't know what. Call the police. The police. Yeah. Like he, so I, I go in, you know, I see that he's there and everything's fine. And I'm like, save I go his, in. Save his life with your horror magic. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. Okay. So <laughs> I go in. I'm like, good. You're okay. I was worried about you earlier when the door was locked. And he's like, I saw you as I was coming out of the bathroom. And I knew that you were going to be worried. 
So, yeah. Oh, 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 he knew you were going to be worried. But he's a sweet little old man. And I worry about him. So, oh, anyways. I saw you when I was coming out of the bathroom. <laughs> I knew I knew you were going to be worried. It, but, anyways. So, like, I was like, you don't understand. My brain is true crime. Uh, like, it's it's in true crime mode all the time. I'm going to think that, you know, I'm going to go crime before bathroom. Like, my head is still going to go, you're in the back, someone's tied you up, and they're robbing you. They want all your kratom. And then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then... <laughs> I have a, I have a, true, a true crime story, too. Yes, go. Oh, you're done? Yeah, well, I mean, really, I, that's pretty much it. Like, I just had to explain to him, like, my head went, you're you've been tied up in the back by someone who's like robbing you out the back of the store. So my story is this morning I went to Walmart and it was super snowy and this minivan pulled in front of me, you know, like took a right and then I took a left behind them and they were going super slow. And I thought, yeah, okay, let's go super slow. It was bad. I thought I was in like the twilight zone. I was like, I better turn around. Um, and then I pull up next to him because he put on his flashers. So I pull up next to him and I was like, roll down your window. And he rolled it a crack. He was scared of me. Oh my gosh. And I was like, this is scary, isn't it? And he's like, yeah. I'm just waiting for my window to defrost. And I I asked him, I was like, you want me to scrape your windshield off? And he's like, no. But I could, the, my point, I think he was afraid. Yeah, he was scared of you. I know, I'm scared. You look like you would rob someone. I sure. do. I look like a demon. I am trash. Especially, <laughs> especially on the weekends. I don't do anything except for go to Walmart. So there's no point. There is See, no point. My life is the opposite because I work from home during the week. <laughs> so I'm just pure trash all week. And then the weekend comes. I'm like, woohoo, I get to shower now. I know. I have to go to work. I have right. to be around I, people. I have to show up for somebody. So sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the other day, Cameron, um, I made Cameron some noodles and she's on her tablet so I take her her noodles and I set them next to her okay and she pats the pillow in her lap like kind of like like hey put them right here hey servant <laughs> yeah and I was so <gasps> so thrown off by that I'm like did you are you really like you you don't you can't just put your hand over and put them in your so this story today um put them in your own damn lap it's yeah. about it's about a brat but okay, okay in this brat's defense it was like they were you'll see yeah, they were we, it was the parents fault we make them that way right yeah 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 Today's story is the most messed up family I've ever heard of. Oh, God, I can't wait. I don't know that I would necessarily identify them as a cult, but I'll let you decide that. So this right. is 
This is a very graphic story. Listener discretion is advised. This is not for the faint of heart. Okay. This is this is gory and bloody. So just letting you know, uh, it deals with a lot of sensitive topics. So, anyways, just had to let y'all know that. Okay. So here we go. In December of 1970, a well-known physician in the Santa Cruz, Spain area gets a knock on his door and at home. So he's at home. He gets a knock on the door. It's two men that he's never seen before. And by the looks of them, they look to be covered in mud. From what he, he describes as mud. But, you know, they're head to toe in mud. They introduce themselves and ask to speak to one of the doctor's housemaids. So the doctor agrees and goes to get this specific girl. And he lets the gentleman just into the, the foyer of the house. And the little the girl goes and talks to them. And what he the doctor doesn't like leave the area, but he kind of gives them some privacy so he can hear what's going on. Because it's like a super weird right setup so he's standing there and he's kind of listening and what he overhears this conversation with the, these two men and this girl shocks him to the core so he immediately calls the police and the two men repeat their story exactly how they had to the younger maid to the now cops except that they add a couple of details like where they live and what their names are um and what they had told the cops is that they had just killed this maid's mother and two sisters. Okay. Ooh. So that's your little build up. So we're in Spain. We, yes. This, this event happened in Spain in 1970. Okay. But for any of this to make sense, I'm going to go back to the very beginning and work our way to where this massacre happened and how. So we've got the Lorber, the Lorber Society in, uh, it's a German organization, like a religious organization where their founder, Jacob Lorber claimed to have heard the voice of God and wrote it all down and he would hear God often. He gained a large following. So after Lorber's death in 1864, the right the writings were handed down to Gottfried Meyerhofer, and over time these revelations were added onto by each sub, uh, sequential leader of the Lorber Society. So so much so that now there's forty volumes of manuscripts for the Lorber Society. Um, this is like a Christian based faith, but it's like way stricter. They are they've live by these super strict standards. They believe that anyone not in the Lorber society is the devil. Like they are all evil in the Lorber society is the only people who are going to make it to heaven. They're the only pure people. Okay. Sounds like a cult. <laughs> it does. It sounds like a cult. Absolutely. It does. In the 50s, a young father and husband named Harold Alexander and his wife, Drogma, become the head of the Lorber Society, okay? It's an odd story how he does this. Like, the leader at the time 
his name is George. Okay. George and Harold become really close friends and Harold is so enthralled with George's teachings that he and Dragma join the Lorber society. Um, and I don't know, shortly thereafter, uh, George begins to fall ill and it becomes apparent that he's gravely ill, that he won't make it. Um, the last person to see him alive is Harold. Okay. Odd. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So Harold comes out of the room and he declares that, you know, George has made him the new leader and, you know, George dies shortly thereafter. And so nobody questions this, you know, they're like, cool, you're the new leader. Like it's, there's nobody who is like, that's sketch. Um, they just believe it. Okay. Well, they were close, right? They were close, yes, yes. It's unclear if this was the true intention of George or not. Like, nobody knows what really happened in there. We only know what Harold says, okay? So, Harold is now the leader of the Lorber Society. They've, okay. they've accepted him as the new leader. No hesitation. No one contested this. So, Harold is now the new leader and communicator with God himself. Okay. Okay. Because that's the head of the Lorber Society speaks to God. Okay. God speaks to him. So Harold starts to change things up a little bit in the beginning. So he starts to introduce this idea that God will soon be sending a new prophet, like a new son of God. And that all the members need to start preparing their lives for this to happen. Because when this prophet does come, no matter what this prophet tells them to do, they are to do it. And he has to build this, you know, this idea in these people's heads that, you know, this prophet's coming, that this is awesome, but maybe you're going to be asked by this prophet to do some bad things. And that's okay because it's God doing this, you know. He's got to get this idea into their head. And he does. He gets it implanted properly. That seed is planted in their brain. Okay. Got it. It doesn't really take much, but the Lorber Society accepts this, okay? It is actually, you know, pretty sick how easily this congregation takes to Harold and his wife, Dragma, but anywho. So we now have the notion that God is sending a prophet and that Harold will be the first to know when this happens. And that whatever Lola wants, Lola gets, you know, the prophet's going to ask for whatever and you're to give it to them. It only takes a few years for this prophet to come in the form of Harold and Dragma's first son. So shocking. Right. <laughs> this is around 1953 or so. Okay. So now they did have a daughter prior to this. So this is not their first child, just their first son, their first boy, if you will. The newborn son's name is Frank. And Harold takes this baby to the society and professes, here is your new prophet of God. Yeah, and the society just like agrees. They're like, yes, it's the, it's the new, it's, our, it's God on earth. It is pro a prophet sent from God. And we are prepared for whatever evil. And his name is Frank. 
Yeah. And they, they just like they're prepared for giving this prophet anything he wants, no matter how cruel it can be. OK, so <clears throat> you can see where this is going. Yes, I like you I, can... I see the brat being formed. Right. So this kid grows up thinking he is God. OK, as this prophet grew up, he was waited on hand and foot, given anything and everything. This kid was an absolute monster for no well, I mean I shouldn't say for no reason because like obviously the way the way he was treated he didn't, didn't know any better right but he was just spoiled ass rotten okay imagine the most spoiled child you've ever known and then imagine their parents and church literally worship them okay so just an awesome awesome kid that's he horrendous. Lived, he lived as a, as a god and was revered as a god where even the dumbest of requests were always met. He had absolute control over this church and his parents and his sisters. He had absolute control over everything. Okay. It wasn't just, I, I don't know for sure that Harold believes that he's really this, he's really a prophet from God. Or he just wants yeah, his, I wonder. Or if he just wants his son to be like the head of this. I don't. I don't know for sure. I don't. You know, I, I don't know if Harold really believes this. But Dragma and his sisters and the church—they all believe him to be God because Harold told them, and they believe Harold. Okay. Got it. When Frank reaches his teen years okay he starts to show interest in sex but yeah. he, but he also believes anyone outside of their small sect is evil and that would be blasphemy <sighs> so he goes to his dad and he tells him like you know i'm gonna start having sex with mom and my three sisters no and his father's like Hell yeah, you are. I will, I'm going to hook it up. Like his father is like, not only agrees with it, he encourages it. He's like, yes, that's a perfect idea. Let's start this right away. So not only that, but Harold would often join in on this. Ew, come on, Harold. Now remember, all of these people believe Frank is God. I got to keep reiterating because... They believe him to be God, not not their son, not their brother. He's God. Okay. Oh, oh okay. Well, okay. Ugh. I mean, at the very least, the mom and the sisters believe this. Okay. So no one ever stops this kid from doing or saying anything. And now, I, I, I don't know. So, anyways, I I don't I don't know if Harold already had thoughts of incest within incest, his right incest um you know again i don't know i don't know if that's the problem or if he really believes his son is god and follows whatever, his whatever his son says is like yes that's a great idea i don't i don't know i don't know i don't know if he's brainwashed by his own declarations is what i mean i guess i'm trying to say i don't know if harold actually believes his son is god but whatever Okay, so we have a, the church backing this and Harold backing this. Uh, but what about the four women involved here? 
We have Dragma, who's in her 40s. Sabine, who is 15. Petra, who is 16. And Marina, who is 18 at this time. Okay. Mm-hmm. They, they accepted this as their fate with no objection. That's so sad. They completely accept their new role as being a sexual object to their brother and son. Like, they're just okay with this. They fully believe they are serving God's will. Okay. And in fact, rumors of this start to spread because one of the sisters talks to, like, they have very few friends in school, obviously. Uh, but, um, you know, one of the girls does have a couple of little girlfriends, and she mentions to her friends that she's actually jealous of her sisters because they get their bro- her brother's attention more. Ugh in that way so yeah so the the rumors start to kind of spread from there like the kids talk about it and then the kids tell their parents and parents tells the law Are these all people within the society no 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 this is just in general at school so this is now the town they live in hamburg germany so now like the town is starting to realize what these rumors are and the lorber society is like we don't want this kind of bad press. So they start to kind of pull away from Harold a little bit. We don't agree with incest. Um, so they kind of start to separate themselves. But what happens is the police kind of catch wind of what possibly is going on. And that's illegal. You know, incest is illegal. So they are on the police radar and they're about to launch an investigation into Harold and his family. But the Lorber Society, of course, being a part of this, they want to separate from it. So they pull back and Harold starts to like pick up on this. So once Harold picks up on this, he's like, clearly Hamburg is not the place for us. They don't understand us. He goes into the Lorber Society and he retires. He okay. resigns. And he scoops his family up and moves to Santa Cruz, Spain. Okay. From Hamburg, Germany. The okay. beautiful Canary Islands in Spain. So that is how young Sabine becomes a maid to a well-respected physician, Dr. Walter Trankler. From the beginning of, our, of the episode, from the beginning of our story here, that is where all the shit starts to hit the fan is when they get to Santa Cruz. Okay. So here we have this family. They've cut ties with the Lorber Society completely. They now respite, reside in Spain. Pretty soon, though, they start, uh, they start to fall into their old ways again. You know, when they first move, they try to act normal. Um, but pretty soon they're worshiping Frank again as a God. Okay. And they give in to his every whim all over again. So without the backing of the Lorber society, um, here's where we get the idea of, is this a cult or is this just a bizarre family? Because they're now just they're They have no church backing whatsoever. So it's just a family unit that worships the sun. Don't the, make any sense. Not the son. The son. Their son. So, you know, it's like, is this a cult? <laughs> is this just a weird family? 
it's gray. It's a gray area. Uh, and here is your last adult content warning because the following is graphic. Okay. We've got the day that, you know, we've got the story of them showing up at the, at the good doctor's house. At the good doctor's house. The good doctor. The good doctor's house. All right. Graphic content, listener discretion from here on out for sure. About 10 months into their stay in Santa Cruz, Frank starts introducing the idea that the women are impure and that the only way they can go to heaven is if he sacrifices them. Oh, boy. He states he will know when that time comes. And when that time does come, they are to wait patiently for their turn to die. Oh. Frank will announce it's the killing hour and the women are accept or they're supposed to accept this as their truth. And they do. Even Sabine? All of them. All of them. They all accept this as their salvation. Their brother is trying to save their souls and get them a spot in heaven. And that is fantastic. Yeah. The only way to save their soul. This was not scary. This was just truth. Every person in the family believed this was the word of God. I know I keep saying that. I just really need you to understand. Okay. So on December 22nd, 1970, Harold and Drogma decide to go take a nap. It's been a hot day. And after lunch, the two go to their room and lay down. Okay. About a, about a half hour into this nap, Frank walks into their room and begins to watch his mother sleep. He is clearly annoyed by her not taking care of him so she could nap. But as he's watching her, that seems to fade. It's like I, he went in there mad and then he's watching her sleep. He's like, oh, that's precious. You know, like he kind of, he's like, oh, that's sweet. You know, she obviously needed it. Drogma then wakes up to her son sitting on her bed by her side watching her sleep. She looks up at Frank and from what he says, she gives him a, quote, suggestive look. Okay. I don't know what that means exactly. Um, I'm not sure. This is just his words. So, and he's a, a punk ass teenager. So I don't know. I don't know what suggestive means, but he is enraged by it. Okay. He felt that she wasn't permitted to look at him at all, let alone like this. And like, it just pissed him off. Okay, the, Frank. So the thought comes to Frank's mind, and he it's, it's instinctively knew that this was his sign that the killing hour was upon them. Ugh. Harold is elated by this announcement. He jumps up and begins playing the piano, or maybe like an organ. We're not what? Sure. But it's this boisterous, loud music being played. And meanwhile, in his bedroom, his son has walked over to the closet retrieved a wooden hanger he strikes his mother in the back of the head with it and instead of crying or fighting this she maneuvers herself onto her stomach to make it easier for frank to kill her this way oh come on <clears throat> so the two sisters petra and marina hear the music and begin to come out of their rooms when they walk out of their rooms they can see in the in the open doorway 
in the hallway. They can see into their parents' room where Frank is clearly beating their mother in the back of the head. Okay, and they're they're not reacting to this. It's just this over and over and over super slow process okay the girls know this must mean it's the killing hour so they go into the living room where their father is he confirms what they already knew they both sit down on the floor they know now that they are to wait patiently for their turn to die oh my god neither show any emotion they sat listening to the ritualistic notes of the piano in rhythm with frank strikes on their mom wow this, yeah frank comes out of the bedroom after several minutes of this was a slow death so drogma Dragma's death was probably one of the slowest. He used a wooden hanger. It had, he was this very small, not very strong kid. So using a, a wooden hanger to beat someone to death takes a long time. Okay. Yeah. So Frank not comes, a good yeah. weapon. He comes out of the bedroom after a while of this and he's completely covered in blood and brain matter. They can see their mom lying on the bed with a crushed in skull. Uh, they do not make a sound. Frank looks down at them, you know, lovingly tells them the killing hours here and begins with Petra. He begins to strike her in the skull over and over and over again. Again, very slow process next to the sister who's waiting her turn. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Marina is now sat there and seen her mother and sister get beaten to death. I want you to wrap your head around that. Marina I, being as young as she is, she's the last of three that were home and had to sit there and wait her turn. So after Marina is gone, both sisters lay there in a pool of blood. As soon as he finishes, he goes and gets a knife and some pruning shears, some outdoor pruning shears. What the frick? Yeah. And one by one begins to remove each female's impure organs. Oh, God. Yeah. It is believed at this point that at least one of them were not fully dead. Wait, is the last sister dead? Well, we're not. We're What they're saying is there's, you know, once they autopsy the bodies, it was unclear if it was blunt force trauma or loss of blood that killed some of them. So, okay, so at this point, when he went and grabbed the knife and the pruning shears, he's killed his mother and two of his sisters. It, he At least he thought he had, but we're not sure okay. that he actually had. So some of them may have still been alive when, this, um, when they started to be dismantled, if you will. So we're not quite sure that they were all fully dead. You know, Frank was super weak and it's widely believed that he couldn't pull off a clean execution. So it's possible that they bled to death after being beaten for minutes at a time while their body parts were being removed. Okay. Just so we're understanding this. If this is true, they would have been alive when Frank took these implements and began removing their breasts nipples vaginas and nailing them all to a wall what the heck frank one one by one nailing them you know he would they would cut off a, a body part walk over to the wall nail it 
walk back, take another one over and over and over. And that, you know, in that cadence, they would take turns. One would chop up the body and the other would play the piano and back and forth. Okay. So this, this was a celebration. See, like this is happy. You know, this, this is good. Their sister and mother, you know, his sisters and mother are now in heaven. He saved them. You know, this is a celebration. Anyways, back and forth, playing the piano, nailing body parts to the wall over and over again. Okay. So when this, the ritual ends by the removal of Drogma's heart, they wrap it in a cord and nail it to the wall along with all the other body parts. So they've got Drogma's heart in the middle of it all. Okay. So Frank and Harold then rejoice at the completion of this ritual they run and run around singing songs of joy that their loved ones are in heaven, that they've saved their souls. They're really excited about this. The father and son team then go to another property that they own and they go to sleep. Okay, oh. this, is, this has worn them out, but the apartment is so bloody and gross and gory that they go to they go to another property they own to sleep. Sleep it off, sleep it off, guys. So they're sleeping. The, okay. next, the next day, they arrive at the doorstep of Dr. Trankler. After introducing themselves, Dr. Trankler was a little alarmed by their appearance as they appeared to be covered in mud. But you know now it was blood. Okay. Correct. However, he relents and lets the two men in and fetches Sabine. When Sabine comes in, the doctor stands off at a distance but stays close and listens. He's shocked and appalled by what they say. They let Sabine know that the killing hour was at hand and that they had completed killing her mother and her two sisters. When Sabine hears this, she raises her hand gently to her father's cheek and sweetly says, I'm sure you did the best you could. Ugh, what does that mean? None of this sat well with the doctor at all. Like, the doctor's like, what the fuck did she, what? Okay, so he calls the police. The police show up and ask the two men what the problem is. The two men recite the exact same story to the police as, as they'd done in front of Dr. Trankler. However, they include more details like their address and their names. They never denied any of it. They were happy it happened. They never denied that any of this took place. All right. Why didn't they kill Sabine? Got to get her to heaven. Well, because the police arrested them. You know, they went to get Sabine because it was the killing hour. And she was... then the doctor she worked for interjected. Mm Mm-hmm. And this would have a huge impact on Sabine's life. Sabine will lose her mind, okay? Yeah. Yeah. She has to be with her family. She's... She needs her brother to kill her to go to heaven she can't be without her dad and her brother if she's going to be alive and now her brother and her father are in jail okay the police overheard or they head over to the alexander home they walk in and it's just horrifying it was such a horrible crime scene that some of the police officers left their job due to ptsd from uh, yeah, 
Nothing was not covered in blood and brain matter and butchered remains. It was just everywhere. So the two are immediately arrested, like immediately arrested. Frank goes wild as he can. He's like completely, this is all completely unheard of for him. He's God, you know, like he's above the law of man. This kid goes ape shit. Okay. Complete ape shit. Every picture I'm going to post of this family or this kid, he's going to look wild in the eyes. Okay. Yeah. He's insane. He is completely insane. Uh, yeah. Every pic is just, he's got this wild expression. Like it's like a wild animal. He is just appalled that he's been put in jail. Okay. So the try they never, so, okay. They're, got these two nutter butters that are in jail they've got the daughter sabine who's constantly coming to the jail like let me in with them just arrest me as, as well and like every day she cannot be without these people and i get it she's very young when this happens she's still you know not an adult i mean she's an adult for that time but she's not an adult um She's what, 15 or 16 years old. Uh, she's so, a mess. Poor yeah, thing. She's a mess. So the, the two men get their psych eval and they miserably fail it. They're just like, they never stand trial. Neither of them ever stand trial. They will, really? They, and they will never, they will never stand trial. Okay. They were found mentally unfit to stand trial and sent straight to a psychiatric hospital. Mm. And, Sabine follows them there and she just she's harassing them. I have got to get in there please admit me with my dad and my brother they refuse like she does this every day oh poor baby yes it got so bad that eventually she was sent to a convent I was um, gonna say they gotta do something with her the, the government sent her to a convent and uh, and nobody ever heard from her again and that's really sad. Nobody knows what happened to her because she just disappears off the face of the earth when she goes to this convent. Um, but, <laughs> but Frank and Harold were held in this asylum for a couple of years. But in 1991, so 20 years after being placed in this psychiatric hospital. Oh, two, my God. Yes. The two of them escape. And as they of, escape. Yes, they both escape 20 years into their stay at the hospital. And neither one of them have ever been seen again. Shut the front door. Lock all of your doors and your windows. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they scare it. Yes. Um, the, the, it's, wow. it's dangerous that they were able to just slip into thin air. So since 1991... These two people, they're out there somewhere. And they both agree that Frank is God. Um, Like, that's their, that's their truth. That's their truth. They think Frank is God. And one of those that I'm talking about is Frank himself. He thinks he's God. Hard to believe, um, number one, I've never heard of this. Really? Really? Well, because it took place in Spain. I guess. 
Yeah, no, yeah, this, I guess. this totally took place. This is, actually happened, and I'm going to post the photos of uh, Harold and his insane-looking son and the mom they and They were kids. never caught. Never. They slipped away. Well, and but I don't know, like, I don't know what Spain's rules are on, like, trying to catch fugitives from psych hospitals. Like, maybe they just don't give a shit. And they're like, well, we never saw them again. You know, I don't know. But they have never served their full life sentences. So they got away pretty much with that. I, I mean, okay, so for 21 years, they did stay in a psych hospital together. Together and in their right mind to escape together. And get away with it. Since 1991. So what's that? 30 years? Yeah. What I mean, would they even... Harold probably wouldn't be alive. But Frank would be. Well, sure. Frank was born in 53. So even, I mean... Oh, yeah. Harold could be alive, too. Yeah. Harold would just be, you know, in his 80s at this point. Oh, my gosh. Where are they? No clue. No clue. They're just gone. They've just vanished. And then Sabine. Poor Sabine. I mean, if they got away, they might have taken her with them. Maybe. Maybe Maybe that's... The, but did they kill her? Is Sabine well, exactly. alive? Is Sabine even alive still? Sabine, if you are listening, please contact us. We yes, want, please. We want to know you're okay. Frank, She's... if you're listening to this, I swear to God. You disgusting little man. I am appalled. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's appalling. It is. So this society, what was the name of the society? The Lorber Society. Is it that, is, is that in Germany? Functioning? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's basically like a sanction of Christianity. It's been going on since the 1800s. Oh, really? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's never been big, but the people who are in it are lifers. So I wonder how many people are in it. I don't know. I've just read that it's not, you know, it's just a very small. Point. You know I'm inquisitive AF, right? Well, no, and uh, that's fine. The Lorber Society, you know, it's always been categorized as being small, but small for a church or a religion is maybe a hundred people. I don't know. Okay, and then Harold just happened to become leader of it at yes. one point. Yes, and and then had his family and was ostracized or bowed out or whatever he retired ish kind of like a forced retirement he knew that they were against him against uh frank against what they were they were really believing you know frank starts spitting off all this crazy shit and harold's like yep we knew this was gonna happen and the guy the people in the Lorber side are like we didn't know it would be this bad so we're gonna just start separating ourselves kind of mm. that you know that wow that thing that fine 
Oh yeah. God, I, I, I want to know more. About the Lorber Society or about the Alexander family? About the Alexander family. I can't believe that they, they just, got away with it. Yeah, they just vanished into thin air. And where's Sabine? I want to know where Sabine is. Sabine, are you okay? Sabine, honestly, is probably dead. I'm just... I'm guessing that the killing hour happened and as soon as they got the chance 20 years later they sent Sabine on her way as well. I don't I don't know, maybe not, but she went her days thinking like that's her only option for salvation. She will go to hell unless her brother Frank kills her. Yeah, but did somebody, you know, did some therapeutic maybe intervention, you know. And same with the dudes. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe they they um, wanted to escape never to kill again. You know, you never know. You go from thinking you're God to being in a psych hospital. It's got to be a weird, a weird thing for you. A little bit. It's got to be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle. Yeah. A, a big one. A yeah. Bit. yeah. Yeah. That's so that's the um, that is the biggest brat you know, it's like, I guess I'll take my daughter pointing at her lap for me to oh, put no. her noodles there over her needing to kill me to get to heaven. So I don't know. Nip that, nip that in the bud. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I want that. So glad I didn't have a boy. God. <laughs> I have boys. <laughs> The killing hours here. They're about to boss you around when you come up here. Oh yeah. <laughs> Mom. 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 I I do feel bad because they're like, well, I call you once and you don't answer. <laughs> like, well, I don't know how to address that. Like, yeah, leave me leave me alone. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If I don't respond, it means I'm turned off. Uh, that's that's good that's a good excuse i don't i don't know what to dead. say my battery is dead my Mommy battery needs to recharge died. we went to bed at like four o'clock last night ew graham didn't feel good so i took a quote-unquote nap with him i'm like just leave me here just leave me here i can't function <laughs> so yeah we we slept through it Ew. Mm -mm. It's all good. He woke me up at 10. Can we get up? No. 11. No. Midnight. Can we get up? Nope. Oh, my word. I know. It's my worst nightmare. Well, and then that's they, a, he, they're going to, that sleep schedule gets thrown off and you're done for. Well, no, he's, then he slept through the morning. Mm. He slept until this morning. So hopefully it'll be okay. Fun. Then he's on. Then he's on spring break. Kids are fun. Kids are fun. Have kids. It's great. Just joking. Frank is a was a fun, interesting child. Um, that's a horrific story. <sighs> Sigh. Yes. Like it's it's not even Frank's fault, but he is so heinous. Yeah. That's that's one thing too he could have found a different way 
Yeah. But, he but then again, he d- didn't even know what these urges were because he like, was never educated intru- properly. Right. Intrusive thoughts. Were, right. You know, we all have intrusive thoughts. We all do. You can try to deny it, but you know you've had an intrusive thought. Yeah. And you're like, I'm disgusted by myself for having that thought. But he didn't know that that's what that was. So maybe he's like, oh, that's the plan. I'm right. That must be my sign. I don't know. It's just, oh, oh. And then like, if you can picture all this stuff going on, but they're like jovial and they're playing the piano and, you know, singing and chopping horrifying just uh, singing chop like mm -mm. Mm -mm. horrifying Mm -mm. yeah it was just it's a bad 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 and the fact that they just got away makes it that much worse so next week's gonna have to have a good ending for me because i'm i'm like i'm spent from this one i'm spent I know I I uh, I really want to do I want to do an episode do an one episode. of these days one of these days I will one of these days <laughs> it's in the, it's in it's in the workings and you'll get a a lane story that would be awesome yeah I'm a good storyteller <laughs> <laughs> all right all right. Well, that is it for this week. I'm sorry that it uh, had such a bad ending. Uh, it's all good. I'm just always going to wonder where where they are, they? are forever, Ugh. forever wonder. God, okay, could... I'm going to post the pictures on our uh, Instagram and our Facebook. I mean, in the, there's not like a wanted thing for them. I don't know. Like it, it, it's been so long now. No. I don't know. I don't know. Spain's most wanted. Maybe they're still in the most wanted, but I'm sure they left Spain. Like they wouldn't be stupid enough to hang around. They left Germany, their home, when the police started, you know, questioning their integrity. Uh, I use that term loosely, uh, but you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure they. Maybe they're in the U.S. Maybe they're in the U.S. They could be your neighbor. Maybe they are. They started another cult. I don't know. Oi. Crazy. We'll always wonder, won't we? Yes. He could be. Frank could be next next door neighbor. Frank could be your your pastor at church. Your boss. Oh, there you go. All right, guys. We will see y'all next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.